When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Baby, welcome to the party. I'm off the Myers in the lean. That's why I'm over retarded. That's why I'm over retarded. Baby, welcome to the party. Huh? I hit the boy up and then I go skating around. Baby, welcome to the party. Pick some of that. Give me lit. Got no mind. One in the head. Send in the clip. Baby. Baby, don't trip. Just lower your tone. Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gunas podcast. My name is Lewis. I've got a full house with me today. Four, uh, well, four jubilant, jubilant Gunas. You know, we're we're prideful. We're wearing our badge of honor. We've got Shell, we've got Shabs, we've got Dr. Lee. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? All good, man. All yeah, good. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, the fact that party's dropping masterclass after masterclass, like, I'm, I'm eating good, man. You know, like, you know, when you invest in penny stocks when they're down and you buy at the dip, I'm, I'm eating. Nothing, nothing better than buying at the dip, man. I'm eating. Sorry, I'm all good. Yeah. No, man, there's a, there's a lot to unpack. You know, we did our Patreon piece on um, after the game. Was it me and you, uh, Sean, or was it me and Cougs? No, it was, it was all three of us. No, it was all three of us. Oh, was it, it was, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was uh, mm-hmm. all three of us. We did the patron piece after the Villa game. High spirits, you know. Um, just everything's everything's a feel-good factor right now. There's a lot of positive things to talk about, not not many negative things to talk about. And it makes these podcasts so much easier to record, you know, because, you know, people are actually like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll jump on. Whereas before, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, all right. Then if, if, what is it? Is there, not, is there not enough numbers? No, all right, cool. <laughs> But now you know we got full house. But um, yeah, let's 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 talk. Let's um, obviously we can talk on the Villa game. Um, it was a a game that obviously comes off the back of our a really difficult run of fixtures for us, where not only was it against tough opponents, but um, also due to the uh, the scheduling, we had to play three games in 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 six days so it was a very tough period for us and um i think me shown and shabs we did our uh our predictions uh for the no, for was, the remaining was, games it, of the season it was it was coogs not me but um oh shown shown you did do yours though right this is racist 
How long have you known us? Yes, sorry, man. I'm sorry. saying you look nothing like Dan Cook. Yeah, you don't actually oh. look at you don't look, look you don't look anything like Cook. So yeah, yeah, really yeah, like yeah. No, Luke, me, you, and Cooks was on the podcast. No, but Sean did do his predi- predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I put it yeah. in the group chat. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. I did it. Yeah, how many points did you have for that run? Oh, um, we we exceeded for what I thought we'd get for that run. Mm. So I thought we would um, beat Villa. I mean, sorry, beat Leicester, which we did. Um, lose to Liverpool, which we did, and then draw Villa. So I predicted four points out of nine. So mm-hmm. my thing was, I said anything over five is good, and we managed to get six. So I, I can't I can't complain. I thought. Um, that was my big worry, um, you know, how, how we handle. We haven't had to deal with that much this season, you know, games in successive succession. Um, and I, 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 thought, I thought we did really well. I was, I said, I think I thought fatigue would be a factor for Villa. And it was, but not until like the final 20 minutes. I was surprised how on it we were for the first, you know, 60 or so minutes. So we did really, really well to to cope with that. And, um, you know, obviously when Arteta brings on holding, you know, it's time to lock off the game. And, um so be it so now nah, it's good man um we're, we're in a really good position with 10 games to go um still a bit of trepidation on my part you know me i'm a shook one but um yeah you've, yeah you've man got full circle you have mate you you've you've gone from <laughs> el posi to well, not full circle a complete 180 no nah, do, do, do you know do you know what it is yeah it's the fact that i think i said i think i said it in the chat the other day i think we are much better coached than both united and tottenham um, but the, the difference is with those two teams, they have match winners. Um, so, you know, they, they don't, they could be crap, but they could still win games on fine margins. And and that's what's sort of frustrating me at the moment. I don't actually think Arsenal are being, you know, rewarded for, you know, a lot of this, where we, where we should be winning games like three, four nil at the moment, but, you know, we're only winning games like one or like one nil, two, one. And I don't actually think that's doing Justin and, and externally, people probably aren't rating us because they're probably seeing the score and thinking, oh, Arsenal maybe just got lucky when, if they actually watch the games, they're seeing that we're actually pamming and proper outplaying people at the moment. But, you know, there's there's not much we can do about that. We can only, you know, there's only so much we can relitigate around Lacazette. We have to wait till the summer and um, just continue with what we have for now. And hopefully that will be enough to get us over the line. Shabs, um, you you uh, were the most optimistic out of uh, the people who did do the predictions. I think you. I've just got yours up now. You said uh, five points from that from those from those three games. So we even we even uh, exceeded your expectations of what we'd get from those three games. Yeah, man, we did. We did, which is which is which is which is fantastic. Which is better. I thought we would. What did I say? I thought we would get a point against Liverpool and a point um, against Villa. I thought we'd get a point against Villa, and it was more to do with scheduling. Actually, um, I thought you know I go, I go more hopeful on the Liverpool game, and then I thought we might that might take something off us for the um, Villa game with the short turnaround. All things considered, can't really be too mad at a Liverpool loss. Um, I think what happened as well, I, um, when I think about the way that the game was played and the performance that I saw, ultimately we lost two 0 but I think it was quite an even game. It was quite a close contest um, against Liverpool. I think what it is is that they're, they're, they're golfs apart from us and they're quality told. But, you know, I think if we had, you know, they're, they're doing things like being able to bring Salah and Firmino off the bench, you know, which really kind of changed the course of the game for them. But, you know, I don't think they blew us out. 
all things considered, it is what it is. But yeah, Villa, it was back to a win. Happy with the win. Again, I agree with what Sharon said. I think we could and should have won by more. But for me, it was a very dominant performance. We looked in control for the majority of the game against um, Villa. They had a spell in the first half where I think they tried to have a little flurry and they had a spell in the second half, um, probably like the mid to late second half where they really were trying to um, kind of put it on us. And then, yeah, we shut down the game and I think we just looked assured and I I really can't complain about our performance. The ref pissed me off big time. I think the refereeing, we've touched on this a couple of... um, times now and I just it feels like a very different standard of refereeing you know it feels like we're over policed and um you know I think the Shaka one is the one that's probably the most notable because the excuse just didn't the justice the ref's justification for booking Shaka just didn't make sense and I'm not the type of brother that comes to Shaka's defense ever at all but if you got me saying hey hang on a minute like this is bullshit you know something's up. You've got to look into that. And I think if you compare that incident, Shaka, it was absolutely nothing anyway. I don't think the actual uh, offence justified the yellow card, but you see that and you see other incidents which took place in the game. Matty Cash, namely, um, McGuinn. There was different events which took place in the game and I just think you cannot justify um, meeting out that punishment for Shaka when a player like Matty Cash had numerous fouls. And I don't think he ended the game on the booking. Um, you know, McGuinn, you know, uh, it was the push, wasn't it, from McGuinn? But I think there were a few other infractions as well. No punishment there. So it really does frustrate me. I hate the double standard there with refereeing. And I hate the double standard as well. The other thing that pissed me off was people being critical about um, our celebrations. And it's like, look, if we go out and lose that game, or draw that game, there's conversations about our, our mental fragility. If we don't leave with the three points, we get criticised about our mental fragility or, you know, we couldn't apply the pressure when it most counted. We've won, routine win, celebrated the win. Everyone and their mum's got something to say about it, which is bullshit. Oh, they're celebrating like they won the league. and that. No, we're celebrating because we won. And, yeah, I just, I just don't like the double standards that are being dished out around the club. And I think the media play a part. They've got respons- they're responsible in both parts. In fact, the refereeing, because I think we're over-policed because of the narrative about us. And I think us being um, us celebrating, I think as well, that comes from and spews from and is fueled by parts of the media. And it's bullshit, man. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to uh, digest there, Shav. There's a lot to digest. Um Dr. Lee, I'll come over to you. Um, I think I don't think we got your your predictions of how the final 12 or 13 games would pan out, but heading into those, uh heading into that week of fixtures against Leicester, Liverpool, and Villa, how did you think we would fare? Do you know what? I was a little bit concerned now. For the first time in a long time, I'm finding myself having faith in the team. Um, and the reason I haven't faith in the team is because I feel like our defence, when we're, when we're switched on, our, our defence, I feel like they can shut teams out. I feel like they're really good and we're not going to concede. So I can at least see us getting a draw. Now, the issue is obviously up front, we don't have that cutting edge, we don't have that cutting striker, but I just feel like, as you're seeing in the second half of the season, I'm not sure if you're, you might have noticed it, Saka's just taking responsibility. And Saka is like, 
I'm going to make something happen. Um, or Emil Smith-Rowe, another one, really takes responsibility in the final third, I'm going to make something happen. So I always have a good inkling, even though we're not going to, I never feel like we're going to score loads of goals, but we're going to score one. So I, I just see us winning games. So I felt that we would beat Leicester. Um, I felt we'd always lose to Liverpool just because they've got too much firepower. And I felt that we would draw to Villa because I thought the fatigue would really um, set in. So I, I predicted four points. The fact we got the win against Villa and in the manner of the win in terms of how dominant the display was, because really and truly, Arteta coached a 2 or 3-0, really and truly, but we just didn't have the cutting edge up top and we, we kind of faded in the last 15, as Sean said. But um, I, I was really impressed by the way we went about it. But that's that's what I kind of predicted. So we've done my predictions and I'm really happy with where we're going in, um, to the table with the amount of points we are. We're in a great position for the last 10 games. And I just hope, 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 one, everyone stays fit, inshallah. <laughs> and two, um, we, we just keep up the same kind of form when everyone comes back from international break, everyone comes back in good shape. And um, we just need to make sure we, we... I think if we avoid losses against Man United and Spurs and, and we just don't lose to any, either of them, and we keep up the form that we're doing, I feel like we're, we're in the driving seat and we're in the home straight. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think there's there's something to say about, um, you know, historically, especially under Arteta, I think we've had games, especially towards, um, you know, over the last 18 months or so, where I think we've been kind of like on top. We've been the best team. And there's still that lack of confidence that we're going to put the ball in the net whilst we're on top. Um, but I do feel like we are scoring, Liverpool game aside, I do feel like when we're on top, we're actually scoring. So when I think about, obviously, um, the Villa game, we started really well and the pressure was mounting. And, you know, those old like commentator cliches where it's like, oh, I got like, you can feel a goal coming, you know. Um, I think it is quite true of us at the moment. Um, Villa it was an example of it. Leicester, I felt the same. Watford, I felt the same. Um, I thought that the pressure was telling against Wolves and Brentford. And, you know, we're, we're just sort of scoring just as the pressure becomes insurmountable for the opposition. And I think that's a, a very good sign. Whether we can maintain that for the last 10 games is obviously going to be crucial to, um, to how we develop. But... Sean, have you have you noticed that um, you know we're starting to make teams pay a little bit more when we're on top now? And if you have, like, what do you think that's um, because of? I, I think you know overall it, it's linked to the fact that you know um, just generally through our performances since December, since Arteta made that tactical tweak, I think you know we've had more of a consistency of lineup bar um, you know the Afcon period. Um, so we've been pr- playing pretty much the same team every game, bar one or two changes. Um, so players are getting used to each other. Players are getting used to, you know, developing a lot. We're seeing more combinations, you know, stuff that we used to be- bemoan that we weren't seeing enough of on the pitch. You know, we know the Odegaard Saka link up on the right. I actually thought um, Xhaka and ESR exchanged a lot of passes together on Saturday. So that was a decent um, avenue, you know, party um, has, you know, different pockets, different variety of passes he's picking. So, um, and, you know, we've spoken about it. We mentioned it on the Instant Reaction pod as well. Xhaka and Party winning all of their duels, which is pretty much the main thing as to why we can sustain pressure and pin teams back for such a prolonged period of time. 
um, during games, which we weren't seeing, you know, earlier on in the season. So I, th- I think that's great. And, and you know, we, we've both, we, we all say we know we need an upgrade on Xhaka, but as a partnership, even though it's not really a partnership anymore because of the slight tweak in formation, him and, him and party work. It, they work, they dovetail, they work well off each other. Um, they don't get in each other's way. And so, you know, all of that is a bit of an amalgamation um, into one. So that's just allowing us to keep teams penned back. You know, we have centre-backs that that can do deal with 1v1 situations. So it allows us to pu- push very, very high up the pitch, um, compress the space. So we don't have as much space to, to press when we're trying to, you know, be aggressive towards teams. And I think it's, it's that amalgamation um, that's led to us just being more dominant. Um, so long may it continue. The fact that, you know, Bar, Xhaka, Party, and Lacazette, the team is very, very young. So there's loads of scope for growth. Um, and, and I think that's needed because, you know, sometimes you see like our final action in the final third, we mess it up quite a bit. You know, like the last pass it isn't quite there at times or, you know, the last action. So that, that can be Laka, but sometimes it can be the youngsters as well. So you can still see a big, big room for growth. And hopefully that will come as the players, the young players mature and we hopefully um, add more quality in the summer. Mm. Sean, I need you to remind me how many goals Saka's got in the league this season. Right? Uh, he, he, has, he, has, he has nine goals in the league, so he's one short of your tally that he mm. didn't think he would get. That, that, I've, that has, I thought he would never, ever get. <laughs> that you thought he would never, ever get. So he has nine goals in the league, 10 in all comps. So him, him and ESR are joint top scorers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think when we did the mid-season review, one of the things we said was that, you know... Um, Xhaka and Party needed to step up, which I think they have. Um, and the youngsters needed to continue what they were doing. Um, and I'm surprised that this has continued. I have to be totally honest with you, because just the nature of young players is that they're up and down. So they've done it, you know, ESR, uh, Saka especially, for three quarters of the season. So the only thing we can hope now is, is 10 more games. Um, so hopefully they can see us over the line. Um, as, as Leroy mentioned, there's international break now. So hopefully these guys don't get injured, man. We, re- we really need everyone fit and firing for, for, you know, the last 10 games. And I think the last 10 games are tough. So, so fingers crossed we have, we have the best team available. Yeah, definitely. Um, let, let's stick on Saka because um, Shab's obviously this guy, we, we say it every week, he's, he's, you know, he's keeps defying the critics and, you know, maybe some people are going a little bit overboard this week about, you know, where Saka fits in in world football. Now people aren't even talking about Saka as like, Okay, where does he rank amongst the Star Boys? It's now okay. Where is Saka in world football now? You know, people are talking the madness. Yeah, the, the Star Boy uh, argument is dusted. It's, yeah. it's, it's Starboy <laughs> argument. He's not a Star Boy anymore. He's a he's a grown man. He's he's eating at the top table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, no, none of them can come outside. None of them want the smoke that Saka's got for them. None of them. Not a single one. So, where is is it time to then introduce a discussion of like? where Saka sits then in this in 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 world football not just out of the kids boy i'm loading a Saka Grealish agenda do you know what's funny i know the ops are going to be listening to this they're going to be sick they're yeah, they're going to let them be sick they've got no receipts to show us so. I, but the thing is they, they compare man to that man like showing that and it's so disrespectful yeah. i'm i'm sorry it's i'm it's so fed up of hearing that argument like he's so clear of that you yeah it, it's it's almost it's embarrassing that yeah. they keep bringing it up and yeah. in the same sentence man like cho 
Man, like Havertz. Oh, fuck off, man. Like, ability, really, ability. Even ability Sancho. Even that Sancho Don, bro. I, I ain't trying yeah. to hear it, bro. I, I probably ain't trying to hear Sancho. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to hear He's got nothing to do with it for me. It's about this guy. is to, because, because he might not be... Um, he might not have more technical quality than some of the others that are mentioned, but that's irrelevant. That's air. Look at the way he's playing. Look at his application. I always say with Saka, look at his application. Um, look at his post moves. Yeah, look at his skills. Look at um, his um, mentality, the mindset that he plays with. You know, like he's 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 really acknowledging that he's one of the goal twos in this team, and. Yeah, we've said it a few times. He is putting the team on his back and he's taking the game to players. And, you know, even what I really liked about the game against Villa was coming off the first half and he was absolutely... Be- he's getting beaten up in games mm. and targeted and they're trying to stop him. And I loved that conversation with the ref. I loved it. I loved just seeing it. I didn't even know what he was saying. What did you What do you guys think of um, Gerard's comments afterwards about the whole, I've got 16... 16- screws in my body and you know this is this is a consequence of playing english football like i understand that english football is a bit rough but isn't that a bit like it's kind of just like i don't know it just sounded like a weird thing to say to a a, mute point man i just think it's a mute point doesn't mean that it's right that you you needed to go through those injuries to you know maybe you should have been protected a bit more you know maybe Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't justify it by saying, "Oh, yeah, it happened to me. It was fine in my day." He's sounding a bit Graham Sunes-ish mm. to me, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I don't care. I like the personality from Saka, who's saying, "Hey, refs, like, you need to give me a bit more protection out there." And when he was asked about it at the end of the game, he said, "Yeah, listen, this is my game. I like to play. I like to run at players or whatnot." And I, you know, I wanted to remind the ref that he needed to because he did. We saw what was going on in the first half. We saw how he was being targeted. We saw the systematic fouling on him. This ain't the first time. And I think, you know, this is part of the criticism of us about not being streetwise, not being being a bit naive at times, being a bit... Yeah, I think that, he, that, that demonstrated some guile, that demonstrated some personality. Um, we saw a change in the second half, you know, for the period of time he was on. He wasn't being targeted in the same way. They weren't hacking him down as much, you know. And, and, and that's how it goes. I see nothing wrong with that. Your sportsman, make the ref make decisions. Let the ref know, like, hey, you're not going to get away with this bullshit. So, I like it, man. I liked it. I liked it from him. In fairness to the referee, though, I mean, he did give Villa three yellow cards in like the first half an hour. And I know they weren't all for soccer challenges, but you know, there probably weren't many players left on the pitch who could actually boot soccer anymore because um, they had all been put in the book. So, I've got to give the referee some credit that. You know, he's he did bring out the the yellow cards fairly quickly for Villa, and they re- he recognised that, you know, they were doing this kind of rotational fouling fouling technique. He just applied the same logic to us, which we weren't really which happy we about. Really really and 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 maybe that's more my maybe I'm salty. Yeah, maybe I'm in my feelings a little bit. But for, for me, it's a bigger issue than just the Villa game. And I suppose um, mm. it was highlighted in the Villa game to me, but it happens, and mm. you know. Just, I, I think, apply the rules consistently. Yeah, forget the narratives, forget the biases and whatnot. Apply the rules consistently. Giving mm. Shaka a yellow card saying this is his third um, uh, foul when this is the first one that he's committed yeah. in the game. Is that was strange, strange, wasn't it? That's, that's just strange. Like, that's yeah. like, 
give a different justification, fine. But you, you're saying, oh, I'm booking you because this is your third offence and uh, it's the first foul that he's committed. Mm. And it was nothing. There was nothing in it at all. And no, to me, that's bullshit, man. That's yeah. Bullshit. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, Dr. Lee, let's move on to some Partey appreciation, man, because we've been hearing a lot. And granted, you know, we've had to kind of bite our lip a bit because, you know, Partey wasn't performing to the level we had hoped he would have. Um, you know, he's we expect a certain level from Partey. And there's, you know, this this the level of performance that he's um that he's reached over the last uh few months has led to some debate and discourse, you know. Not everyone agrees with my opinion on things. I think he's performing to a world-class level, and I think he you know, people can say, you know, what we've had, we had, I had the main uh, uh, debate on the main pod on Sunday about, um, you know, oh, it's only been eight games. Oh, you're getting excited because it's against Leicester Wolves. And it's, I just think it's such a, um, it's such a ridiculous way to look at things because even the top, 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 top players, right? How many performances in a row in succession do they have? do they put on to the standard that Thomas Partey is putting on right now? When you look at the midfielders in the Premier League, your Fabinho's, your, your Kante's, your Jorginho's, whoever you want to call the top, the best centre midfielder in the Premier League, do they, do they like, do they have eight, nine, 10, 11 games in a row where they're putting up top, top, top quality performances? And I don't think, you know, they might do, but that's because they're world-class players. So Partey is, is now doing the same, but, now we have to oh, we have to relax a bit because it's only been it's only been the last eight games or nine games or whatever they want to say. I think I think they're they're ridiculous, mate. I, th- I think it's rubbish. I think it's a load of rubbish. Um, the f- the first thing is so about bite a lip. I didn't bite my lip. I just aired them because I was never going to come round. Uh, they weren't going to convince me. I was fully fully convinced on Thomas Party, even when he was not playing the best. I do think that a lot of people are over exaggerating how bad he was because he wasn't mm. terrible by any means. He still had good games and he was good in moments, but he had a, he was inconsistent and he had he did have some real stinkers. And it wasn't actually like he had whole game stinkers. He'd have like a stinker the first half and then he'd like wake up and fix up and stuff like that. So I feel like his um, performances are, in terms of his quote-unquote bad performances since he arrived have been over-exaggerated. Obviously, he had problems with injury and fitness, etc. But... Um, in terms of his level, so now he's hitting his level and playing consistently. Tell me a player that you think could do what Party's doing right now in the whole league. I can't. I can't. The, only, the only players that spring to mind are your, like your Bernardos, maybe. Or... No, but from, from, from his position, doing everything that we're asking him to do in a midfield, mm-hmm. he could do it. Like in terms of the off the ball stuff, in terms of the quality, in terms of screening, ball winning, and all that kind of stuff, and in terms of the on the ball stuff, in terms of the press resistance, the dribbling, the passing, the pass quality. I don't, I'm I don't sure Liverpool fans would say Fabinho and Thiago. No, but, but, but you see, but, but, but you see what it is, yeah. What, what the likes, for example, Fabinho. They're not asking Fabinho to do half of the stuff Party does on the ball. Mm-hmm. Like literally, Fabinho is just being used as a screen. Exactly. To break up play, even Rodri, like who's responsible and who has a, lo- a, lo- a lot of touches at City, he cannot break out of press pressure like no. Party can. He cannot bypass. He doesn't. He, he, he's he's more Party so metronomic. He does a million and one things like at once. Like he's just he's good under pressure. He can pam. He's got such a wide variety of passing 
Um, and I just, yeah, I, I feel like we're over, we're, we put so much responsibility on him. The lone six role in itself is such a hard role to play, but to play it the way Party's played it exactly. as a as a deep line playmaker, in addition to breaking up play, I think is fantastic. He's a madness. So I don't think there's anyone else who could do what we're asking him to do. That's the first thing. And secondly, it's the level he's playing in every phase of the game and the contribution that he's given. If... I mean, I don't care about ops because they're biased. We're going to have our biases as well, so I don't give a shit what they say. But if what party is producing over this last two months is not world-class, I do not know what world-class is. I do not know what world-class is because what he is doing is phenomenal. And I don't care what team it is, the Premier League's a competitive league. He's done it against... He's dom- Even though we lost the game, he's dominated against Liverpool. He's dominated against City's midfield, as well as the good teams like Leicester, Villa are not a bad side. So all of a sudden, oh, yeah, they're not a bad side. But then Villa apparently got a better midfield than us. If you go back exactly. last year, people talk about Villa, Douglas Louise being better than Partey, McGinn being better than Xhaka. So exactly. So I don't, but people always love to to really get down, be down on our players. It happened with Fabregas, it happened with Van Persie. And t- it, it took for these players to leave Arsenal for them to see how good they were. It happened with Nasri back in the day. So I, I don't really take much stock in what they say. But for me, what Thomas Partey is producing is absolutely world-class and it's undeniable and I didn't doubt it was in him because I look at a player and I look at his quality and I look at his skill set yes he was being inconsistent when he came but obviously he had obviously issues with fitness and injury and stuff like that but there is no player in my opinion in world football outside of potentially Tshemini who I think we should buy but it's going to be difficult who has all of the skill sets that he does and that can implement it to that kind of level I just don't see it. So for me, undeniably world-class, absolutely amazing performances at the moment. I hope it continues. If he finds this level of consistency for any period of time, boy, um, I, I, I struggle to think of anyone better in his position. Yeah. Fuck I mean, Dizzy, bro. <laughs> Listen, I think people are starting to take note, man. I, I, I think people are, are having to, you know, <clears throat> take their words back a little bit and you know actually sit down and recognize what's going on because he is he is balling out right now and he's put in a whole midfield on his back right now you know he like you guys mentioned that that position that he's playing it's not easy to do by himself he's got complete control over this over our midfield and over the opposition's midfield as well you know is we we saw even though we lost against liverpool we saw I thought he was the best player on the pitch against Liverpool, you know, and we're talking about Fabinho was playing, Thiago was playing. I, I don't think those two had anywhere near a good game as, as Partey did, you know, and he, he isn't quite getting the, the recognition, I don't think, um, you know, outside of Arsenal fans, but I think that will come as we, if we, if we achieve what we need to achieve this season, I think Thomas Partey is going to be one of the main reasons as to why we get there and it's going to soon be undeniable that you know what you know of of his qualities and what he's brought to the table this season albeit maybe only for well I say only but I mean I I was looking through the fixtures right people make it out like Partey's had this such a a really bad season Partey was having great games in um at the start of the season he had great games you know in in and Shabs, I know you're part of this crew, mate. Who downplaying uh, d- d- no, uh, Partey's performances, but no, no, it was the it was 
and we have to keep it real, it was the lack of consistency. It's not to say that Partey hasn't had good games for Arsenal, even before this season. He's had good games. What we've done is we've seen him have an 8 out of 9, uh, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 performance. And then he's followed it up with just a mediocre performance. And against teams, players players, do that, you know. loads, of play, loads of players do do it. I think the reality for me, my, my criticism, I've been quite consistent with my criticism, is that we can't afford, we can't afford that in our midfield. Not for him, not for the player that we thought we were signing. And his current performances are demonstrating that and are demonstrating why. You know, we're all waxing Liverpool about how good he's performing now and he is and he has been fairly consistent. He's been uber consistent since returning from um, the African Cup of Nations by the, by the second sending off against Liverpool. And even before that, he did have some good performances uh, before going away. Even in December, he had some good performances. But the consistency for me really has come from, you know, he's come back into the side after that sending off and he's just been solid, you know, not looked back. So I can't criticise him now at all. I'd be foolish to. I think everything that's already been said about him by yourself, Leroy, Sean, I, I, you know, I, I stand behind it. But I'm also not wrong for what I, what I have said about him at times this season because... He's not. This is what we want. You demanded more. This is what you wanted from him. Yeah. yeah. And, and and honestly speaking, I still think Partey's got gears in him. I still think he's got levels in him. I think Shaka is so upgradable. And I think if we get a better player in that midfield to partner him, who can, who can kind of offer up what Shaka does, but maybe gives a bit more athletically and offers a bit more quality on the ball, I think we could see, a, a, you know, a... a a higher level from Partey. I don't, you know, I don't think he's beyond that. That's, like, that's beyond him at all. I don't. Definitely. Uh, uh, Dr. Lee, did you want to chime in with something? I know you started speaking. Uh, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. I, I, what, <laughs> but you know what? I, I just feel like when people talk about consistency, so a lot of the time when he was having like, quote unquote, bad games, it wasn't bad the whole game. And even in those bad games, he was crucial to how we were playing because I think he's a, he's a he's suffering from his own successes that like he might hit a couple of stray passes, he might sort of have a bit of a bozo moment or something, but then the next second he will step past someone and play a ball through the lines like in a way that not other many players can do. So I feel I just feel like people are talking about is is a quote unquote bad um, form. Like, it wasn't great. I'm not saying it was like 10 out of 10, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's slightly overstated, man. I feel like he was still he was still useful and he was still having good games and he'd obviously have like a bad half and then fix up the next half or have a bad first, uh, bad second half and a good first half. It was a bit inconsistent. So I just feel like it's overstated, particularly by a lot of people in touchline. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're correct because the, the, the feedback I've been hearing was, oh... Yeah, but he's been terrible for for his first year. And it's no, he hasn't been terrible. He was just average. You know, he had some good games, had some bad games, had some meaty games. That all calculates to an average of average performances. You know, he wasn't terrible. And I think as well, how people tend to analyse individual player performances are compounded by how well the team is performing and, and, and where the team finishes. And so... Saying that, you know, one of our star signings and someone who we expect to be like a midfield general um, f when we finished eighth 
people are not going to objectively appraise his his performances last season. Do you know what I mean? Um, this season, we've been improving, we've been progressing, we've been playing well. Our current league position, you know, is 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 something to speak of so far. People are going to look at him a bit differently as well and say, well, actually, what's the reason for the team success? How integral has he been to the team success? All right, cool. You can, you can kind. Of, people can kind of justify, it. and I find that's the way that people tend to look at football and analyze um, individual performances in a bit of a lazy way, really. Mm. So no, no, you're, no, you're 100 right. You're 100 right. I think, I think, um, just a bit of credit needs to go to Xhaka as well on on um, on Saturday because I think he had you know a really good game. Um, you know, we don't often praise him on this platform, but um, you know, I, f- I think he's I think he's doing a great job. And limited as he is, he's he's he's. Got, I think some of his qualities that aren't spoken about really are just you know he's 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 tactically quite clued on. You know, I'm I think he's been given a role by Arteta, and you know, it might not be naturally suited to him, but he's picked it up quite well. He might not be the best at it. But um, I think he completely understands what to do in this position. And I think that goes to show, you know, Arteta is doing a great job with the coaching aspect. And, you know, he's doing a good job of, you know, receiving the tactical ideas and actually applying them. So, yeah, just a bit of credit to to Xhaka there. I mean, I don't know if anyone else wants to chime in on that, but we can move on to uh, other things if you'd like. I just think his, some, his biggest limitations are his lack of, athleticism not physicality because he's a player that has physicality his lack of athleticism I think he is a perfect player for the Italian league for example like I think he, he you know he would be he, he would do really really well in Italy um, I think for Jose's on to a, a good idea there yeah Roma yeah and he I just think for me, is I am quite biased. I, I, I need to find ways to be a bit more objective with Shaka. I just think he finds ways to frustrate me in 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 a lot of his performances because he does do a lot of good, but for all the good I see him do, he still does things like under hit really simple passes under no pressure, you know, which he done a couple of times. Um, not being courageous enough, not playing it forward quick enough, um, and I think these are just traits of his game which. For me, I just like I just I haven't seen him. I haven't seen a shift from when we first signed him to now. So I think in in, in those elements, I haven't seen a progression. I haven't seen how he's developed. I, I think it still frustrates me because I'm like by now, we should have seen um, some different outputs, some more refined outputs from you mm. in that aspect. But there's there's you know it's not all about what I want and what what I want to see. He plays an important function in the side and 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 tactically he does understand the game and he's a leader. Um he's good in his jewels and yeah he, he's part of a very functioning side at the moment and I, I we have to accept that, you know, like him or, or or not, we've got to accept that. And I, I agree with you, I think credit to him. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um it was it was a game where, you know, we looked Villa are one of those teams, right, where you look at their team and you're like, oh, fucking hell, he's, he's, he's good. Oh, I like the look of him. Oh, yeah, I like the look of him. I wouldn't mind him for our team. You know, I feel like a lot of Villa players have been, you know, either linked to us or they have players that, 
you know, people identify as, oh yeah, Arsenal could do with him. You know, you're talking about your Philip Coutinho's, McGinn's, Douglas Louise, Buendia. There's a lot of players in that Villa lineup um, that had really, really, really quiet games against us. And, you know, I, I, I like to think that we managed to keep them quiet um more so than they just had off games um because there wasn't really any excuse for them to perform as poorly as they did so they had a week's rest in between their game i think you know we we in that time had to play uh you know two more games so for me there wasn't really a reason as to why they would be off the boil and i think a lot of credit needs to go just to you know our shape person foremost which we've spoken a little bit about and also you know, just how solid our defence has been. You know, it, for this game, I know Cedric has been playing a lot, but, you know, he's still not our regular starting right back. Um, we had, obviously, Leno in goal, who's 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 come in and did a, a, a good job in um, because Ramsdale got injured. But we just look so solid, man. And, you know, I think there's an interesting debate going around now as to, you know, I don't like to do the whole conversation of... Um, who, who's better between our own players. But I think, you know, I think we, we can we can have the discussion. You know, uh, Libra, I know you're a firm believer in in um, Gabriel is the is the leader, right? Mm. Or is that, is that, is you that yeah, thinks yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's me. Yeah. So are you, expect, explain why you think Gabriel is the leader of that back line. And, you know. When, when, when I When I look at them and I watch their communication, it's clear that Gabriel's taking the lead for me. Don't get me wrong, I feel like Ben White's come out of his show a little bit. but um, And Ben White, to be honest, has been more consistent and in terms of the absence of mistakes. But I feel like Gabriel always takes charge. So when there is a difficult 1v1 duel, so if we go up against West Ham and Antonio's playing, Gabriel's the one who takes him. Gabriel's the one who takes the responsibility. He's the one who mops everything up and he's the one who communicates with him. So, for example, if you notice, when we are defending a, um, a, a ball from wide, and as soon as the ball comes in and someone heads out, who is the one that's pushing everyone up? It's Gabriel. It's always Gabriel. Who is the one that's telling everyone to drop in? It's Gabriel. So from that and that communication, that's why he looks like the leader to me. Um, uh, and I, I just think that's pretty pretty clear. Do you think he's the superior centre-back as well? Yeah. I feel because, like, because of that, or do you think like just in terms of... His no, not because of that, because... Even though he has more mistakes in him, which is very clear, he can do the harder and higher level defending, and and that that's for me is is he's got the highest ceiling. So if I don't see anyone that I'm really worried about giving Gabriel a bad day on a one v one duel, who do you, who do you think is going to beat him? Like if he obviously if he's on off day, but both on their good days, who do you think is going to beat him? Yeah. I can see. Not many at the moment because he's doing really well. Quite a few players giving Ben White a bad day. And it's if just if he point. wasn't playing with um, Gabriel or if he wasn't, no, just generally, if you in a, if if you match these two up in the, in the same part of the pitch and they have to, they say they have twenty duels. I can see quite a few people giving Ben White a bad day. I don't mm. really see anyone else, anyone batting Gabriel up like that because he's just complete. He's a complete defender all round, but. Part of being a defender is the absence of mistakes, and Gabriel does make more mistakes than, than Ben White. Ben White is Ben White's really intelligent, man. Really, really intelligent defender. Like uh, men mentally, very, very switched on. But um, I just think Gabriel's superior, man. 
where do you guys where do you guys rank this center back partnership amongst you know recent center back partnerships like going back over the last decade or so you know i think the most prominent one that comes into mind is kashoni mertesacker and i know we've got a bigger sample size of kashoni mertesacker um but that was obviously a really really good partnership right mertesacker had huge limitations and i'm not, not to say ben white has anywhere near the same limitations as as mertesacker because he doesn't but you know, it's that it Gabriel's. I feel like Gabriel's got that kind of like Kashoni style of defending. You know, he's very aggressive. He's going to take risks, and equally, he's going to make some mistakes because of that. But um, where do you guys rate this um, this centre back partnership amongst? You know, it's, if Kashoni and Murtasaka is the best, do you think this has the potential to be even better than that partnership? It's better. Yeah. I think it's better already. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I think yeah. currently it's as good as, and I think potentially. It, it will be better, definitely. I, I think it's better right now. Interesting. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Reasons? Because, no, yeah, you know, you should, Sean, you go. No, I was, I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I, I agree. I think it's better now, and I think it's got the bigger potential. The only thing I would caveat it by saying is that I think the structure now is a lot better than what Cos and Murtasaka had to do. Their man were firefighting do you know what i mean the, the str- I, I was watching back um the villa game the other day and there's a lot of arsenal are very very compact off the ball you know arsenal are very very hard to to play through think about you know in the latter days how how often we would talk about how open we were in defensive transition arsenal don't really get hit in defensive transition under arteta so i think that's also testament to the structure the shape the compactness of the ball so i do think gabriel and um why probably better protected however i still think individually i, I do I, I do prefer them as a unit and you've got to remember they're both 24 do you know what i mean so there's both massive massive scope for growth and and that's why whenever i compare to liverpool i'm like liverpool got loads of 29 30 year olds do you know what i mean so we're hoping in a few years you know that all our guys will be peaking and approaching their prime at about at the right time because you still got to remember 24 is very very young for a center back so um, and I think Shoney only joined us when he was 24, right? Right, exactly. And you've got Maybe Saliba, who's you've got Saliba, who's four years younger than both Gabriel and White. Do you know what I mean? So we're talking very, very young in, in centre back terms here. So yeah, I think um, that there's massive scope for both of them to improve um, in in the future, man. So let's yeah, let's see how it pans up. For mm. me, um, m- m- even though Murtasak and Shoney was good, the reason it was good is because they both complemented each other very well, and they both but they both had glaring weaknesses and each on their own was um, had obvious weaknesses and they weren't that strong at certain things. These two are both pretty complete, well-rounded centre-backs who can do everything. So, I mean, I was listening to another pod, I don't remember which one it was. So, if these men are both are adept at playing a high line, um, they can play a high line, define fine football, no problem. They can play passing possession football. Both of them are good at passing out from the back. Both of them can break lines very easily. They can both play hunkered in, um, uh, defending deep block football both head the ball out, both do their job there. They can both defend in central spaces. They can both defend in wide spaces. They can both recovery in the defending recovery. They can both defend on the front foot. They can both drop off. These two defenders are absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. They are both complete well-rounded defenders and we've never had that before. I know, be- I mean, better than Kashoni. Yeah. Both of them? Yeah. I like Kashoni, but I, I, I agree. What Leroy's done is he's broken down the different aspects of a, of a, of 
of CB's game and I think the way that he's covered it, yeah, I think all of those aspects are better than than what I don't think either of them are better than Kashani. They're both better than him. I think they're better than him. Okay. I, 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 by the way, I really like Kashani. I rate Kashani Hardy. I rate Kashani Hardy. I think we need you got to make this a poll tomorrow on the account. That's an, it's an interesting I think I think with Kashani, right, we have to we have to take into consideration man was playing in peak Arzavenga Bozo team, bro. Like, <laughs> like he was literally defending by himself. Like, imagine he, you know, and 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 his best centre back partner was Murtasaka, right? Yeah. And Murtasaka was hugely flawed, right? We mm-hmm. could only play one way. Well, okay, just, let me. Ask, I think I think me... when you look at the attributes, like. Yeah. When you look at their attributes, I don't think you can say either of them are better than Kashoni. I think Kashoni is so much. I think Kashoni is better than them one v one duels. I think the only thing I, is, nah, nah on the ball, nah, nah, rubbish. Gabriel is a one v one demon, bro. Gabriel, when does Gabriel get beat? When does Kashoni get beat? Gabriel is as good, if not better, than Kashoni one v one. I think we've seen more of Kashoni 1v1 than Gabriel. Gotta remember Kashoni. They're both better than on the ball. Gabriel's clearly better than him in the air. Definitely. Clearly better than him in the air. Not Ben White, though. No, Ben White's not. But Ben White's clearer of him on the ball. I think I think Kashoni's better at um transitioning defense to attack, though. You see, when he win. He Kishotny used to do this thing where he wins the ball really first high pass. up and just yeah. starts a counter attack. Yeah, and do his first pass, first pass, and he's, he's yeah. Well, he did that really well, like completely. But I, I, honestly, I, I think they're both better than him. I, I, I don't, know. I, I don't even think. It, I'm not even questioning myself. Like I'm not even thinking about it twice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with you, Leroy. I do. I think so too. That's I mad. Do, I, 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 the, the factors are important to consider. It's important to consider again the context. What, how would Koscielny fare, I suppose, is in this team? I suppose that's the question rather than anything else. But because we, Sean's talked about the defensive structure and, you know, you spoke about playing in peak um, Bozo, Wenger team, it, it was a different entity then. It was, it was. But I still think with those things considered, these two currently are better than Koscielny. I do. What what Ben White's best game? Ben White's best game peaks Koscielny's best performance for us, and I think um, Gabriel's too. I do. What club in the world do you think that these two couldn't play for? Yeah, I've I've yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think, I think they both probably, I think Liverpool they don't start. I mean, no, no, they don't start, but I mean, they they could play for Liverpool. They wouldn't look out of place. They they could play. They could. I mean, I don't think they get ahead of like Van Dijk or nothing like that. I'm not saying that, but they're 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 at the top level. They're they're at the top level. They could play at City, Liverpool. They could play at Madrid. They could play at Barcelona. They could play at Bayern Munich. No problem. Mm. Both Barca, Barca, Barca centre backs are crap. They would yeah. easily be. My, my, my point being, I'm not saying they start ahead of all the man at these teams. City, no yeah. problem. But they're at the level. That they could play at these clubs and they'd be, they'd be, they wouldn't look out of place. Yeah, that's peak. So I think, we've, I think we've got peaks in the back. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I, I don't even disagree with you. I and what it is is, I don't think people have seen it long enough. 
if like for example this gets repeated after another season i don't think people will say anything to it in it so but yeah no 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 I, yeah, I'm fuck so, us, man we don't care what they say like we've got to stop caring <laughs> yeah man fuck, fuck, fuck that brighton fan who told us that we're getting brighton's third best center back bro. fuck the ops man fuck, that guy, fuck man. the ops fuck Isle, <laughs> fuck needs fuck dan yeah fuck, fuck, them all. fuck, fuck all for all like, yeah, fuck, yeah, definitely fuck all. I don't care about none of them, man. Like, mm. at the end of the day, people get onto us, whatever we say. We have to evaluate our players the way we think. End the story. So, so, so just sorry, I just need to stick on this for just a couple, like a few more minutes, right? So, are you who, who are you saying in the Premier League is better than Gabriel and Ben White? Um, so we've got the obvious ones of Van Dyke pre ACL Van Dyke. I don't know about Van Delegate, I don't know what happened to that, but what you're saying, Gabriel over Van Delegate, yeah? Boy, I don't know, that's a sticky one still. Um, I think, um, Matip is better than Ben White. I think with him and Gabriel to toss up, it's pretty close. Um, I think Diaz is better than them, yeah. I think Diaz is there. Uh, you know what, Thiago Silva Diaz hasn't, though, a, hasn't had a great season this year, though, has he? No, but last season he was cold. I think his quality. I think he's, I think Diaz is is quality. Thiago I'm, Silva. I'm putting Thiago Silva. Thiago Silva, yeah. 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 Chelsea played very rigid, like they... he's been. Uh, Thiago Silva is <laughs> peak, man. He's got no business coming to the Prem at the age he did, and putting in the level of performances that he's been putting. And he's made it look easy. Yeah, like, easy. Yeah, oh. he's, he's put a lot of man to shame. Like, you know, man like Varane, yeah. Champions League Varane. So if you think about Thiago Silva, Get out of here, man. think about Varane, yeah, that's a disgrace. That's an absolute disgrace. So, you know, we, 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 we've got to put some respect on Thiago Silva's name, man. I, I, you know, but I don't think, I don't think there are very many others. And this is the, comp- this is the company that they're in. Like, this is the company that they're in. Like, who who else? Like, who else are we? Who else are we seeing? Like, no one, none of my United centre backs, not a single one of my United centre backs. And I, I'm not, and all these people that say Christensen and Rudiger and their man, no, no, mm. not having, not having a bar of it. Yeah, I, I've yeah, seen yeah, Rudiger playing. I, 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 I ain't big on any of them, man. I don't, yeah. I don't look at them, I don't look at them, man, and think, I want you at Arsenal. No, yeah. I, I, I yeah. actually don't. Like, yeah. Diaz, the pool. Cool. Although Laporte, I'm starting to look at a bit. Mm, bit higgy, right? Right? Nah, nah, I'm not looking at Port. I'm looking at John Stones. John Stones is quality. <laughs> John Stones yeah, is a yeah. madman. Still, yeah. Like, he's John Stones or Ben White? John Stones. John Stones. John Stones, Stones is nuts. John Stones. I think John Stones been mugged off. Cold. Really. He's yeah. Oh, really, man. It's just like this is Pep in it. Pep just can you know you can play well and you be out of favour. Yeah, so definitely. John- John Stones is Ben White with without the weaknesses. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. He's you just John Stones that good a defender. He is. He's just uh, fucking head. He just doesn't focus sometimes. But yeah, yeah, as a defender, cool. unbelievable. Yeah, he is, man. He is, and he's been this. To be honest, way. I remember. God, I'm sorry, Shaq. No, I was just saying he's been this way, man. He's been this way from Everton. Like he's uh, John Stones. I, I rate him. I remember we, we were talking about before we signed Ben White. We were talking about potentially getting John Stones on loan or, you know, signing them on a bit of a freebie, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, we seems like we've got our own, our very own John Stones, so... The, the thing is, he, he wasn't... I mean, he was getting drunk. He was coming back late. He, 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 we thought he was he was dusted. He wasn't serious. He's had a bit of a renaissance, man. So, mm. it's a bit... It was a risky one for us. I wouldn't have done it still at the time. Mm. 
Um, even though he's, he's he's been stellar this season and he is a stellar defender when he when he gets his mind right, but I, I much prefer because I'm hearing a lot of stuff about this Ben White. Like, be, like Arteta made a comment about him in training. He trains like a, an animal, and he's um, one of these guys that has to win. He's got to be on the team that wins. Mm. He's got a real competitive edge. So bringing in that type of mentality, even though he doesn't look like it, he looks like some surfer boy. So um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm quite happy with that because you wouldn't looking at him. Like judging a book by its cover, you wouldn't think he that's was exactly it, right? No, you, we, I don't think we'll be doing that again too quickly. Mm. Uh, this judging a book by its cover kind of thing, I think he's definitely put the, those kind of uh things to rest because, yeah, man, he's been he's been brilliant, and that's another clean sheet. I think the 13th of the season. Um, I was a bit worried when Leno came in, um, because I thought it would hurt us a little bit. I think it to be fair, I think it did hurt us a bit. I think Villa were able to sustain a bit more pressure than we would like because we don't we didn't have a goalkeeper who could fucking kick properly. You know, you, you, um, was, you were being critical. You was you was uh, onto Leno for the way that he was making catches in the bro, first I'm half telling you, if you lot you lot go like, do man, this is simplest this thing. Right? Simplest of... thing. No, 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 no. Simplest thing. Go and do your FA goalkeeping level one. Right. This is most basic goalkeeping coaching qualification you can get right anyone can do it they will that's one of the first things they will tell you to do you don't claim the ball you know something that you could claim at head height you don't you don't claim into your chest or into your stomach you claim it above your head in eye line right because what could happen he got taken out he could have checked he could have dropped the ball and and you know they could have scored but anyway maybe i was being hypercritical but it was the incorrect technique to catch the ball. Sorry. Sorry, Leno. Right? But you, you had a good game other than that. And yeah, but fucking hell, he needs to improve his kicking. Jesus Christ. We need Len- we need Ramsdale back because that was uncomfortable viewing, man. The ball just kept coming back time after time after time after again. And um, I think it did show the benefits that Ramsdale does give with his kicking and just a relieving pressure. Um, final point. What to just talk about really is um, is Lacazette's uh, performance as well as the substitutes as well. Um, I think I think people are going a bit harsh on Lacazette. If I'm being honest, um, we already know he's a bit of a turkey, right? So asking a turkey to play three games in six days, I mean, what did we really expect? I mean. He wasn't great. He made a, a few bad decisions. His link-up play wasn't as normally as good as it was. He looked shattered by 60, 65 minutes. Um, I just feel like people have overreacted a bit because we we really know what Lacazette is. Um, and we expected fatigue coming into this game. And he was one of the few players who actually showed it. So I'm all right with that, if I'm being honest. Um, I thought he was... Yeah, I don't think it was anything to worry about. I'm seeing people saying, no, we need to get Lacazette out of the team. We need to try this. We need to try that. And I just don't really agree with that at the moment. I don't think things warrant a change up front. I I want him out of the team, but (laughs) it's obviously not going to happen. But who for? No, 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 no. I'm I'm talking right now as well, because I don't think, I, I don't really, I don't think this is the time of the season to be experimenting. Like, I don't want to be starting new you know, I know um, this system works. I know, you know, this setup works. 
there's there's questions about whether we can optimize it whether we can improve it with currently with what we have i'm not sure that i want to do that now um so yeah i, I would stick i'd stick with like i just need him to give me another four goals bro that's what i'm asking between now and the end of the season right, i said fine I, I need it, it. <laughs> bro two non-penalty goals all season jesus man anyway yeah bro we're in I hell just, man oh uh, mate i tell you what man uh, but i need it I just, I just yeah because you know and obviously this is not to, to, to pile on him but this was the fact of the matter against Liverpool Van Dijk and Matt they weren't worried about him they just weren't worried about him they just left him alone they focused on the sides with Martinelli and Saka because they know that Lacazette is, is a lack of threat man like it's just it's, it's upsetting man it's upsetting but yeah there's no use relitigating stuff we're gonna upgrade we're gonna buy a new striker in the summer so well, just, hopefully we're gonna upgrade. No, no, we will. We will. Regard, regardless, we will. Like you know, how long Arteta's been waiting to buy. I hope players. we are upgrading. I, I mean, yeah, whoever it is, I, ho- I hope we're upgrading. Whoever we buy, I hope it's an upgrade. But yeah, man, it's because uh, it? I'm not convinced by some of the names touted. I don't know if they are upgrades. Uh, I think I think you know it's probably a wider conversation to have. You know, with regards to strikers, I don't think there's. A perfect option. Probably Vlahovic was as close to the perfect option as, as we could have got. The others, there's there's green flags, there's red flags with everyone. Anyone we sign is not going to be the finished article. Do you know what I mean? So they're going to need refining to an extent. So people are probably going to have to temper their expectations a little bit because there's no striker in the summer. I think we're going to sign that's the finished article. There'll be question marks over their head. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, just a quick word on... Pepe's cameo, which was an interesting one. Let I want to live No, 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 no. V, I, brother, that, that was a Hall of Shame cameo, bro. He actually couldn't do a single thing right, bro. He was is disgusting. The, the free it's kick like that he, he gave away at the end just uh, he, it's like he was on a he was on a so he was on a solo mission to make sure we didn't win that game. Like the last, like I was even thinking at the time, I was like, oh yeah, do you know what Arteta's giving him 2025? Pepe, this is your chance. Do something, bro. And you know, if Arteta leaves him on the bench next game, brother, you can't complain, bro. You had one cameo, you couldn't show zilch, bro. Your ball reception was poor, making wrong decisions, committing it, it was it was just generally it was terrible. It might have been the worst cameo I've seen all season from any other Well, season. I was gonna say that until I saw Eddie in Ketia's I mean between the two of them. Eddie was running him very close. Eddie was running him very because Eddie yeah, was no, shambolic himself, bro. It, it, it was just generally and, and that's one of the sad things, you know, because game state is fine called Villa on the attack. But that's the sort of moment you should be like, these should be our outlets that, you know, when we're trying to spring in transition, they can help us. Mm. But the ball didn't stick. They were literally just giving it away every Pepe. time. So who, who was it Pepe or was it Eddie? Because they both done bullshit. I, I, I can't even remember in my mind. But who, uh, when the ball came out, we were under pressure. The ball came out. It was on the left flank and they could have carried it out or held onto the ball and drawed the foul. They booted it out. Who was that? I don't know, but it sounds Late like in the game. and we all we all switched. Who was sounds that? like Tierney? No, it was it was it was either Enketia or it was Pepe. It was one of the two. I can't mm-hmm. remember now. Enketia was doing the madness. He was late. He was the madness. Just that, that goal and he fell over. Yeah, it, listen, <laughs> between them, they were just on an absolute jolly up. And lack mm-hmm. of options off the bench is a, is a is a 
is a worry. Is a worry. I think. I think we can all say we're very close to uh, a, a first eleven that we can all get behind mm. and believe in. You know, one or two pieces for that first eleven for for most of us to be content. But off the bench, it's peak. It's peak. Of the yeah. Bench. If if Martinelli had been fit, it would have probably been him to come off the bench. Right? Maybe maybe yeah. one of. We wouldn't have come on, or maybe all three of them do come on, but yeah, I don't think we would have got the same level of performance from Martinelli. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I people are talking about like body language and stuff like that, and mentality clearly not prepared. I just I just think they had mares. I don't like to microanalyze those kind of things and you know put it down to harder because we just saw against Wolves a couple of weeks ago, Pepe had a great, um cameo off the bench where he basically won us the game. Enketia, I also thought, did really well in... in Was it in that game that Enketia did well? There was a game recently that Enketia did really well off the bench as well. So I don't really think it's a... a because people were then praising the mentality to then come off the bench and be game changers. So I don't really think it's a mentality thing. I just think they came in in a tough game where we were under the cosh a bit. Maybe the pressure got to them. And, you know, they just bozoed it out you know I think that was probably what what happened really I think people are going a bit too overboard with the whole micro analysis of like you know all those like soft factors that people like to talk about but yeah anyway just thought we should um mention that let's let's end on um you know we've got we've got an interesting run of fixtures coming up next so Dr Lee we haven't got your 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 results documented, so I want some predictions from you. Actually, um, who are we playing next? Right, we've got we've got our next three games mm-hmm. are Palace away, yeah, Brighton at home, yeah, Southampton away, yeah. Um, so I'm going for seven points. Where are we dropping points? Um, I'm Southampton away. Mm. See, I've got us down as nine points. So is Shabs. Yeah. Nine, mm. points, nine points for me, man. I think I'm not saying that they're not tough fixtures. I think actually I'm really, really respecting what uh, Uncle Pat's doing over at Crystal Palace. And they've got some ballers, but I think we can get the win. I think we can get the dub there. I've got a stand as nine points. Yeah. And that's that that that's really in line with my projection for the remaining. Well, we've like we've won nearly every game. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Game. <laughs> my continue, hey, like, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Do, do, do you know do you know what it is? It's, it's kind of like it's going too well. Something has to go wrong. Like it feels like we've won so many games. Oh man, no, 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 no. I don't even want to, but but and also, I, I just do feel like, firstly, I feel like we've got a harder last 10 fixtures than Spurs. I just do. Like, if you look at our fixtures compared to Spurs, I think it's harder. Um, I feel, you know, if teams do manage to nullify Martinelli or Saka, you know, we, we've we've shown that, you know, Laka can't do it. Laka can't do it. So... I feel like there will be so you know there there will be drop points within within this last ten games. So I don't know how many, and obviously we just need to make sure we're better in United and Spurs' tally. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see a 
maybe a defeat or two more within the last 10 games. I don't know where it will be, and I hope not, but the main most important thing is just to keep ahead of Spurs, man. Just better their results. Better their results. Yeah, I'm just trying to get Spurs' fixtures. If you look at Spurs' fixtures. I think, I think Leroy said it earlier. I agree as well. If we don't lose to United and we don't lose to Spurs and we pick up and we maximise the points in the remainder of the games, I think we're Gucci, honestly. So, what, so Spurs have got Liverpool, haven't they? So they've got us, they've... they've got Liverpool. I think they've got... Um, they got Villa away, which could maybe be a tough game. Leicester. So let's say Spurs win nine from ten, right? Impossible. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying impossible. When we've just done it. You've got <laughs> Spurs win nine from ten. What does that? I think someone worked out we have, we have to get seven wins in a draw out of our last. Yeah, I mean that's not happening. Ten? Is that is that correct? And we still we'll still get top four if even if Spurs won nine from ten. Yeah, but we'll, well, we ain't winning well, seven. So you don't think we'll win seven out of our last ten? See, I, I, I don't think we will. But, but hang on, how many points did you predict? Seventy. No, seventy-three. Seventy-three. But in our, so in our last ten, we've got we've got United, we've got Spurs, Chelsea, 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 West Ham, West Ham as well, West Ham away, West Ham. Okay, so United. So let's say we lose to United, Spurs, and Chelsea, and then and then win the rest. Which could happen. Yeah. Which could happen. I, I personally just think 70 points is going to be enough. So, well, I don't I'm, think I'm, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think otherwise now. I can't lie to nah, you. I don't think what, it is. Because Spurs win two games in a row, Rob. No, no, nothing to do with that. I could see Spurs doing at least seven, seven from ten, eight out of ten. Of those. They, could do se- they could do seven from ten. Yeah, but if that, they do seven that, from ten, how many do we have to get? Well, so seven seven wins and what three losses or what what it depends. No, seven, seven, let's say seven wins a draw and two losses. All right, so that's twenty two points, right? So seven so, wins, twenty one, yeah, twenty two, yeah. Twenty two points. So that that would put them on seventy three. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I, but they haven't got ten games left. They've got nine games left. Do they? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We we we've got a game in hand on them. Okay, so, so let's got... say okay, let's say if they got just seven wins, seven from nine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's that's a that's twenty one. That's seventy points. Even if they got six wins and two draws, six wins and two draws is seventy one points. Well, I, I don't think seventy is going to be enough. I fully don't. But that's that's with six wins and what did you say? Two draws. Two draws. I, I I don't six think I don't think lot. Spurs have shown us the capacity to be able to go on that run. Like, where is it coming from? It's just being plucked out of the air. They're Come gonna on. have one, they're gonna have one game a week. They're gonna have their time with rest because you see the Conte with rest, Conte without rest nonsense. And they've got an easy run. I could and, and it's crunch time. Mm. I could fully see them winning six games out of nine. Well, I don't think they'll be in Liverpool. Bob, that's one. They six games out of nine, you don't see them winning. I can see them winning six. Do you know what it is? We, uh, what, we, have, what, we, we have to beat them. We have to beat them. I don't think we have to We don't, but I think for ease of concern, <laughs> it would, it would make a lot. 
I think I think Spurs have to beat us. If they don't beat us, they're not making top four. Mm, I think we avoid a loss. We'll be all right. But like because because we... one of their if you're talking about them having to get uh, six wins, yeah, they're gonna have to beat. Well, no, actually, they they can lose to no. If they but... lose to us, then they're pissed. Yeah, essentially, yeah. if they lose to us, they're pissed. They, they have to beat us. They have to beat us. I'm pretty sure, but they could win six, and they'll get 18 more points. What are they on now? It's 51. So 51. So that's 18 60. more points is 69. Yeah, and that's just with six wins from nine, which is in with that running, it's so doable. Yeah, I mean they've got right. So their games are what Newcastle at home, which yeah. you know is a tougher yeah. game than it. I normally would be, but I think they'll still win that. They got Villa away, which is a game they could drop points in, man. It's, it's Villa. Proper... Why is everyone scared of Villa? Like Villa really. I'm not scared of Villa, games. but they've played all right, but they've lost a lot of games. They're not on piss. No, um, but it's that the, at the end of the day, I mean, on piss either, man. Yeah, and there's still a team who've got the potential to 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 notch points off. Right? Remember, really? yeah, remember, like how how you analyze these things and how you predict these things isn't necessarily the way it unfolds in real life as well. We would have projected uh, a win against Burnley. Burnley's like the, one of the blips for us, you know that draw. We very few of us would have predicted that we wouldn't have got. Uh, a, a win three points against Burnley you know um, and that's like the blip in our 11 games really I think the games that we lost kind of expected to to lose them we've won everything else yeah. outliers. so that's going to happen that happens with these teams all the time man. Tottenham are going to have games that on paper we look at and say they should win these games yeah they should win these games and they will drop points it's going to happen it's going to happen to us as well their, their last two games are Burnley and Norwich, so yeah. not expecting too much. Yeah, maybe you need to have it sealed by then, basically. Maybe not there, yeah, but yeah, and and that's it should be sealed by then as well. Really, I think, I think they, they, I think they're going to have a run of Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool. Oh, yeah, we need Leicester to dunk on them still. Yeah, Leicester. Rogers needs to do a thing. He needs to. Rogers do ain't in Leicester going for that Conference League shit, isn't it? Rogers ain't on piss. Damn, yeah, I mean, how did Tottenham get on against Leicester early on in the season? Well, it? It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be very tight, but I don't think so many points is going to be enough. I, I genuinely don't. Mm. You might be right. You might be right. Um, if we get like 73, yeah, we're, we're there. I mean, Tottenham would have to go on a run that they haven't gone on this season to get there. Hey, I'll be honest with you. I don't care for this conversation. We just need to finish our breakfast. That's yeah. what we need. I don't care what Tottenham or United or anyone else. We need to do our jobs. That's what yeah. Listen, do. if we win our next three, our hands. it's firmly in our hands. Honestly. I'm telling you, if we win our next three, yeah, that would put us on what? What are we on now? Fifty-four. So that would put us on sixty-three. For my money, we would just need three more wins from those last um, six fixtures or whatever yeah. it is. Seven. Uh, seven. seven, seven, seven fixtures. Three more wins. Seven maybe a w- one draw. Like, yeah. Boom. That's it. <laughs> you're very confident. Fuck yeah. Yeah, because oh. yeah, if, if you're on, if you're on sixty-three, what if you, if you get sixty-three points from the, if you're on sixty-three points after the next three games, right? 
And then three more wins after that. That's 72 yeah, plus yeah, a draw. Yeah, you're yeah, on right. 73. Yeah, I think I think you're doing all right. Yeah, you're there. So and, and we've still got like Everton, Newcastle, Leeds, you know. West Ham, West Ham are in the Europa League. They're going for um I think we I think I've put that game as a draw in my predictions, but are we, are we at home? we're away. Tough one. It's but a tough we... one, but I think Spurs showed that West Ham, uh, their attentions are elsewhere. You know, I think they've probably given up the fight for top four now. And... Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think West Ham have definitely given up. If they're still like, because they've got Leon next round, which is tough. So obviously they've they've got a tough run. They had Sevilla, they've got Leon. I think if they beat Leon, they might get like Barca. So mm. like they, but their attentions are definitely on Europa. I don't think West Ham care about the league too tough anymore. Yeah, they'll, and... they'll still try and get like top six, but I don't think they care too tough. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, let's call it a day because it's, it's stressing me out. I'm losing my eye thinking about it. I ain't got much hair to lose. So, um, yeah, it's stressful shit. But um, hopefully, you know, things go to plan and things go how the season has been going so far. And, you know, it would be nice if Tottenham just do the work for us, right? Just just lose against Newcastle, you know, just, just do the work for us so we don't have to do anything, which is essentially what they've, you know, Hopefully just doing what they've done this season, which is just drop points randomly. But anyway, gentlemen, thanks for joining me. It's late. Let's get some shut eye. And um, we've got a couple of weeks without no without no Arsenal, man. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, actually. But maybe the uh, blood pressure will go down a bit for at least for a couple of weeks. <laughs> but um, anyway, guys, take it easy and uh, we'll be back next week. Peace. Peace. To 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Yo! This is a Baby, welcome to the party. I'm off the Myers in the lean, that's why I'm over retarded. That's why I'm over retarded? Baby, welcome to the party. Huh? I hit the boy up and then I go skate in a Rari. Baby, welcome to the party. Pick some of that. Give me lit. Give me lit. Gun on my head. Gun on my head. One in the head. Podcast Network.